Cue the cheesy podcast music. Welcome to MegaFest. Where we don't just manifest, we MegaFest. I'm your host, Megs Malloy. I'm creating a community of silly and soulful working moms who are mostly happy, but know they're capable of more. More self-love, more self-esteem, more self-trust, more calm, joy, natural highs, more magic in the world, and more laughter. Each week, me and my guests will bring you tips and tricks on how to make the most of your one precious life. And we're going to make them effective and efficient because ain't nobody got time for that. I believe in you. I see the light in you. I want you to shine your light. I want you to become all that you're capable of. So let's hang out. Let's mega fast together. Yay! Episode 13. And to make this extra special, I am recording this episode on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is such a lucky day. Don't be scared of Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th loves you. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, especially when you think of the movies of Friday the 13th. Oh my God. But here at MegaFest, you are loved and adored. So thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to talk about the stories and the lessons I've learned from working at a cemetery. And people say, what? did a cemetery? It's like, yeah, I did. Wait, did I? Yeah, that really happened. That was crazy. That was a crazy time working at a cemetery. Today, I'm going to share with you how I came to work at the cemetery, how it helped me get over my fear of ghosts, how a cemetery is like a vortex of heaven and earth coming together. I want to share with you stories of profound sadness and profound joy. And then finally, the lessons that I've learned and takeaways for you. But first, this wouldn't be a MegaFest episode without a word of the day. Today's word is delight. I settled on the word delight because I always want to have a positive word that brings us positive thoughts and intentions. Working at a cemetery and around death, there are a lot of regrets. And of course, we know that famous book by Bronnie Ware, that's the top five regrets of the dying, which I haven't read, but I have looked through the Cliff's Notes and I would definitely agree with all of those things. There's a big sadness that comes with regret. In fact, when I looked up on thesaurus.com, what are the synonyms for regret? There are things like dissatisfaction, grief, heartache, bitterness, sorrow, remorse, self-disgust. Like who wants to go into the end of their life or any part of their life with those things? Am I right? I mean, can I get an amen for that? Are you on board with this? No regrets. I don't want any of those words that I just said. There aren't really any perfect antonyms to regret, which is interesting. What are the opposites of regret? And they can only be described in these words. Calmness, comfort, contentment, happiness, joy, pleasure, relief, satisfaction, and delight. So that's how we came upon our word for today, delight. 
yeah. So how did I come to work at a cemetery? That is the number one question that people ask me when I tell them that I worked at a cemetery. Because who would really seek out a job like that where you're surrounded by death every single minute of the day? Well, maybe not every single minute, but that's your job. And what do you actually do at a cemetery? So my job was to help families who had just experienced a loss to help them find a final resting place for their loved one. And what that means is I would meet with them and find out maybe they already had like a plot in the ground or they had like a place in a mausoleum. And we would do all the paperwork because in California, there's a lot of paperwork associated with burying someone. And, you know, make sure that everything was taken care of to their delight. Basically, that was my job in a nutshell. Or as I like to call myself, the real estate agent to the afterlife. But they didn't really like that. (laughs) And the job was way more than that. How I came to work at a cemetery. So I had been working in media sales and I had just come back from my second maternity leave. And I just was not into the job anymore. So I, I knew I had to make a change. So I put it out there to the universe. I said, hey, I am looking for something else and I want it to be these kinds of things. I have a feeling that one of my clients is going to hire me. I'm not sure to do what, but I think it's going to come from one of my clients. And man, was the universe listening to that because I was really working hard to sell this one client and uh, I finally got a meeting with them and it was a cemetery. And by the end of the first meeting, the sales director was like, hey, are you, are you looking for another job? Because I think you would be really good doing this. And I was like, OMG, universe, what? This is a cruel joke. Like I wanted another job. I knew it was going to come from one of my clients, but a cemetery? What? (laughs) Such a sense of humor, that universe. And people wondered if I would be good at it. You know, my friends and family, they were like, hmm, I don't know. You might just be too sensitive for that. Or it might be too hard to work around death all the time, like depressing. But I thought this was an opportunity that I was afforded and it seems interesting. I'm just going to give it a go. Let's just see what happens. I guess I was curious even back then. I got the job. I had been working there for like maybe about three weeks and they finally took me on what they call the three hour tour. So it's sort of like not so much the procedures of the park, but more of like the stories and the history and sort of like the color commentary of, you know, what the folklore of the park. One of the other cemetery employees who had been there for a while, but she hadn't been on the tour maybe in like 10 years. So she said, what the heck, I'll go too. She was quiet for most of the tour. Then we get to this one mausoleum and she says, oh, that's where all the ghosts are. And I was like, what? What? Ghosts? Like, for some reason, it never entered my mind associating 
working at a cemetery and ghosts. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe I was blocking it out of my mind because there was a time in my life 10 years prior to this where I was actually having a serious fear of ghosts. I was living with my boyfriend at the time and he lived in this super old apartment and I was terrified of being alone because I was afraid of ghosts, which sounds silly as an adult woman to say, but I realized that it was really just more a fear of being alone because, you know, growing up in a big family, there's always people around you. There's chaos in every room. And then to finally be alone and have it be quiet was very unsettling. And also possibly I was totally out of alignment, not totally out of alignment, but I was out of alignment in my life. So there was a lot of like uneasy feelings. But anyway, once you have a phobia like that, it's hard. Your brain is kind of wired to go back to that. So I heard this lady say, that's where all the ghosts are. And I was just like, like my whole nervous system just shifted and I could not even deal. Uh, And then I started asking around for my coworkers' ghost stories, which didn't really make things better at all. (laughs) There was a rumor going around. Somebody told me a story that one of the owners brought a ghost home with him like not on purpose, like a ghost hitched a ride in his backpack and ended up at his house and then was haunting his house. This was all very alarming to me. And that's when I decided on my anti-ghost strategy. I know you want to hear this. So if you are ever confronted by a ghost or think you feel the presence of another spirit, you just tell them, no, thanks. I'm unavailable for that. That's it. That's my strategy. It's kind of like when a panhandler asks you for money or somebody wants you to sign a petition and you're just not into it that day. Just say, no, thank you. And you just keep moving. So far, I think it's worked. So put that one in your toolkit. In my opinion, a cemetery is sort of like a vortex between heaven and earth. I don't know any other way to describe it except for weird things happen when you're working in a cemetery and you have life and death constantly coming together. Lots and lots of emotions, but there was always really weird coincidences that happened. One of which I will tell you was the time when I had gone for my first mammogram and it came back abnormal. So I had to go in, they did another one, and then they told me that I had signs of breast cancer. So they had to do a biopsy. In that week that I was waiting for the results of my biopsy, I had not one, but two breast cancer deaths in that very week. And I had never had a breast cancer death before that point. And in fact, I asked the families what went wrong. Like breast cancer is so curable. What do you think happened? And they said, she skipped her mammogram. So my advice to you is never skip a mammogram because breast cancer is so treatable and you can detect it so early. It's, it's really not fair to your family to not get things checked out. And it's not fair to us because the world needs you. So I thought that was pretty weird. And good news, you'll be delighted to know I did not have breast cancer. As you can imagine, working at a cemetery, there are some moments of profound 
sadness. Sometimes I would get to work and the first phone call I would get in the morning, say, hi, this is Megan at the cemetery. And they would say, oh, my mom just died. I have no idea what to do. Can you help me? That is some hard news for the person who's going through it, but it's also pretty heavy for the cemetery worker who's going to help that person. Every day there was news of loss and death. And I think Sometimes the profound sadness came from regret. Maybe some family members didn't have a good relationship and now the person is gone and they can't repair that relationship or they had some questions that were unanswered. And sometimes the profound sadness came from somebody who was gone too soon. Those sudden deaths or even when a child dies, which I can't even talk about, but I never had to bury a child. There was one family I was supposed to be assigned to, but it was a one-year-old classmate of my son who was struck by a car. And I just told them, I can't, I can't do that. But I did hear a lot of stories from family members, one in particular, her daughter was getting ready to go somewhere. She was nine years old and she was going to iron her clothes before she left. And she plugged in the iron and was electrocuted in front of the family. What the mother had to go through was unthinkable. I was so grateful that she opened up to me and she told me her story and she trusted me with her heart because the story is not lost on me. It's really hard to live your life like every day is your last, but at least working at a cemetery, I definitely have taken that perspective. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I will remind myself that this time on earth together is short and unpredictable, and we just really need to have no regrets. <laughs> Whew. That was heavy, man. There was also moments of profound joy when somebody has a long, beautiful life and a beautiful legacy of friends and family and the good that they left on this planet. And to be able to celebrate their life and have sort of like a happy ending where you honor them in the way that they wanted to be honored and also that it brings the family together. So even though there is that sadness that they're gone, there is the joy in knowing that it wasn't tragic. It was the way they wanted it, that they're in a better place. For me, I experienced so much profound joy being able to help families on the hardest day of their life. Truly, the hardest day of their life in that two weeks after somebody has passed and they're just in this fog of grief and confusion, working at a cemetery, you are the person who guides them through that in a, in a gentle and loving and trustworthy sort of way. It brought me so much joy, so much delight that the joy completely outweighed the stress and the sadness. There are two things I want you to take away from our conversation today. The first is have your shit in order. What I mean by that is people say, oh yeah, I want to be cremated. Well, what do you want to do with your ashes after that? Because you could have generations of urns in your basement and nobody knows what to do with them. And maybe you don't care, but make it easy on your family. 
like have it on paper what your final wishes are. And if your final wishes are do whatever brings you comfort, then that's your final wish. But it's so helpful if you can give some direction to the people who are going to be taking care of your funeral arrangements. Because when families are caught by surprise and there's no instructions on what to do, that creates a lot of opposition, a lot of resentment, a lot of second guessing, unknowing. These are not things that you want to be going through when you're grieving. And better yet, if you can decide what you want and if you can pay for it so your kids don't have to pay for it, that is even better. And if I'm really going to take it a step further, because although I have not dealt with a lot of loss in my life. My mother-in-law passed away in 2018, right before I started working at the cemetery. And she had every single thing detailed out. She made it so easy for her two children to settle her affairs. Although there were still some things like having one of your children's name on your bank account or your partner on your bank account. Because the United States does not make it easy for a person to die. And it's not cheap either. (laughs) So I would say go to the internet, get yourself a very simple trust and just fill it out. Get it notarized. It's done. Right. And tell somebody where it is and whoever's going to be your, oh, I forget the word for it, but the person who settles your affairs, let them know, maybe ask them ahead of time and get it all sorted out because death is inevitable. You can always change your trust, but you cannot go back from the dead and make one. Oh yeah, and if you think that life insurance is gonna pay for your funeral, no, it's not, because it takes weeks and weeks and weeks for your life insurance payment to be made. So that is my rant about getting your shit in order. (laughs) Just do it, trust me, trust me. And lastly, You never know when it's your time. We have one short, sometimes long, but it never seems long enough. And it's a precious life. What are you going to do with your one short, precious life? It brings to mind so many cliches, but really like carpe diem, right? Just seize the day. Be kind to others and be kind to yourself. Stop and smell the roses. Just delight in the little magics of the world. Or if you're super ambitious, go after that big dream, that big project, little by little. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. This is your life. Do you want to get to the end of it with all those awful synonyms for regret, sorrow, bitterness, disappointment? heartache? Or do you want to get to the end of your life or better yet, live your life in a state of no regrets, calmness, comfort, pleasure, joy, all those things, and living in a state of delight. So those are all of my stories from working at a cemetery and the lessons that I've learned. I hope that by sharing them with you, that you don't need to work at a cemetery to learn these lessons too. I think this was a pretty good episode. And thank you so much for listening to it. If you can think of somebody who needs to hear these words, who needs a little less regret and a little more delight in their life, send it on over to them share it on your social media and give a five-star review. 
and I give you five stars for listening today. Let's live our life with delight. Don't just manifest, mega fast.